Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening. This week's episode is brought to you by Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions at 807 West Savage Street in Spring Lake, Michigan. Harborfront Hospital is proud to be a sponsor of the Share Chair Podcast. Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast. I'm Greg Koblack coming at you from Fruitport High School. And with us today, we have Colton Woods, who is coming at us from a different location. Colton, why don't you tell us, uh, tell us where you're at? Yeah, I'm at Valparaiso University, which is in Northwest Indiana. And I'm here for a meteorology major. So yeah, in-person school during COVID. Good. And you're just in your dorm room, right? Just <laughs> Yeah. And, and we're using Zoom to record this and a good way for us to connect. And uh, so one of the reasons uh, we asked Colton is that uh, in the interest of getting variety of students, we have a recent graduate from Fruitport High School that is now at university at Valparaiso. And how's that going? Tell us how college is. Yeah, it's going great. I actually really like college and it's fun. And just meeting new people and everything it's really enjoyable for me and especially since like being in person during the times we're in it's fun to get out and do something yeah so how how is that like you're a freshman you've just graduated recently and so you don't have like a normal year to compare to and we're in the middle of a pandemic so uh what are people saying how has school been different than what uh, maybe some of your friends that are upperclassmen to compare or do you have any insight on how different it is and what do you expected it to be uh yeah yeah it's for the most part i feel like it's you obviously have to have the masks masks and everything and we we're just now starting to get like random testing like tomorrow i have to get tested for covid so the university just started doing that and for the most part it's pretty like mostly normal besides like the restrictions we have you can only have a certain amount of people in your dorm room and like certain rooms throughout campus and you can only take your mask off like when you're showering or in your dorm room, but otherwise it's pretty normal in classes. You have to be spaced out, but so your your part's good. Your all of your classes are in classrooms. Everyone's in physical attendance. You're not doing classes on Zoom or something like that. I do have one class. I have five classes, and one is uh, online, like Zoom, but the others are in person. Yeah. Okay. Well, that sounds different. I think maybe different states and regions and universities are coming up with all different plans. So hopefully you're finding a way to learn and be safe at the same time. So great. Well, tell us about uh, uh, your experience in high school. And do you think it kind of prepared you for to be successful in college? Uh, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I would say high school definitely helped me out, especially with calculus and any science class in general, because in meteorology, you have to take a lot of calculus classes, like four of them, all of them. And AP Calc with Stucky helped me a lot for Calc 1. I actually remembered a lot of things from that. And then Steb and I with the meteorology class, that actually like was almost a carbon copy of my intro to meteorology class here at the university. So that also helped a lot. And just any science class in general, like physics, I'll be taking physics next year. And I'm sure AP physics with Mr. Roop will help in that aspect too. 
Good. So you're talking a lot of content stuff and uh, our listeners might not even know yet. We're going to have to talk about your love for meteorology. And, and that's a you know, major reason why we have this. Uh, anything besides content, like were there certain habits that you learned on how to be a good student that translated to being a good student at, uh, at university? Yeah, I would say like just being organized in general, because I was very organized with all my schoolwork in high school and I wanted that to continue in college. And I ended up like buying a calendar and color coding like all my classes and homework and everything on my calendar. So like staying organized in high school also helps me in college too. And so you, you have a calendar and not, not on your phone, but like a, a physical planner or calendar. Yeah, that's like you can erase it and just with markers and color code it. It's pretty nice. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. Sounds 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 fancy. So uh, um, great. Well, what? Uh, well, let's just dive right into what you're kind of known for, Colton. Right? I mean, you're known for a number of things, but there's one is uh, I don't know any student in my past as a teacher that has fallen in love and followed his passion from such an early point in their life than you have. And why don't you tell them, uh, tell them what this is. Tell, tell our audience what, what I'm referring to. Yeah. So I'll just start back from when I started liking meteorology. All right. So I, in kindergarten, I think this is where it kind of sparked a little bit. I lived in North Carolina for like a year and a half or so. And I remember in kindergarten, my parents were in the living room downstairs and my sister was sleeping upstairs and I walked down there and there was a tornado warning for the area that I lived in. So I was just watching the, like the radar thingy spin on the TV and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I was just watching it with them and I thought it was cool. I had no idea what was going on though, because I was in kindergarten, didn't really (laughs) understand what a tornado warning was. And then that probably sparked something. And then in middle school with Miss Hexel, we had a weather unit. And then like when we were doing that unit, I like fell in love with it. And then January of 2016, because of that class in seventh grade or yeah, eighth grade, I mean, then I made a 100 page weather journal. So I just searched up on my own tons of information about the weather and atmosphere and everything and wrote 100 pages of a notebook. And then the next month I ended up going to WZZM and doing a job shadow with Georgia lessons and Laura Hartman with my dad. And that was amazing. I really loved that. And I got to see everything that a broadcast meteorologist would like do throughout the day. And I even got to change the weather ball colors, which that was pretty cool. (laughs) And then that fall, I made a Facebook account with like posting weather forecast and I just gained knowledge throughout the summer. So I thought I kind of knew how to make a forecast in some aspect, but definitely not as the amount of knowledge I have now about it. And then I just made that Facebook account and just continued to do it for the next, what, five, five years, almost four or five years. I mean, and then, yeah. Yeah. So let tell the listeners, what, what's the name of the, your Facebook account? Uh, Colton Woods weather forecast. So just my name and then weather forecast. So K O L T O N, right? Colton Woods 
weather forecast. And you have mm -hmm. been an amazing asset to Fruitport and Muskegon in the area with your very localized uh, weather uh, reports. And you've done this just because you like weather and you have a, a passion for it, right? Yeah. That's amazing. And if I remember right, I mean, I mean, this is not just I like weather. I like the unit we studied. I mean, you went all in. You're meeting meteorologists. Uh, there's pictures of you uh, like meeting famous meteorologists and going to book <laughs> signings, I imagine, and things like that. Um, but uh, am I right? Did you have like a, a green screen in your basement or something where you're actually producing your own weather forecasts with technology, uh, you know, a couple times a week. Uh, I, I have memory of you doing that. Am, am I accurate with that? I don't have a green screen, but I have like, I just use iMovie. So I make my own graphics. I like went to a website, found a meteorology graphic maker type thing. And then I bought it and just made my own graphics using that. And then I, since I work with the Muskegon channel, I just do the, I like talk to my computer and then overlay the graphics on top of me speaking. And then I use iMovie just to overlay it. And then I just post it on Facebook and then Andy O'Reilly, who owns the Muskegon channel, he posted on that. Great. Well, let, uh, well, let's dive into that a little bit more. So you mentioned something about the Muskegon channel, and, and I know what this is, but but this listeners uh, will not. Um, and so you are at in Indiana, but you are actually producing daily weather forecasts for Muskegon County, all right, Muskegon City. I don't know what you want to say, right? Uh, and it shows up on the Muskegon channel. So what's the Muskegon channel? And tell us, tell us how that's going or what you do with that. Yeah. So last year, right around our graduation and late May, Andy O'Reilly, he was videotaping our drive-through graduation thing. And then I liked it on the Muskegon channel page. And then he was like, oh, who is this? So he pressed on my account. And like right away, he asked me, like, what do you mind doing weather for the Muskegon channel and everything? So the Muskegon channel is like he runs his own channel with some other people. And it's like a little news channel in a way and a radio show. And he asked me to do the weather for them on like a part of their news team and everything. And I was like, of course, I'll definitely do that. So then I joined the team last summer in like June, I think. And then ever since then, I do forecasts, video forecasts for the Muskegon channel for the Muskegon area five days a week. And it's been awesome. So how long does it take you to produce that few minute segment on weather? Yeah, it usually takes me like an hour or so for the most part, maybe two hours if there's a big weather event coming. I spend more time on the future radar and everything because it takes some time to get the graphics making them and everything and uploading them and then overlaying them on top of me talking to the computer. But yeah, usually it takes an hour to two hours somewhere in there every day. So, so now begs the question, are you volunteering your time to do this or are you paid or compensated somehow? Yeah, I am paid and I, I do I, like an hour to two hours. So 
I get paid every month. And I mean, am I right that you have a passion for this? So you might do this anyways <laughs> to be a, you know, a good yeah. member of the community and helpful, but it's nice to get paid. And, you know, otherwise other priorities would probably get in there too. So sounds like a tremendous resume builder for mm -hmm. your future goals of being a, being a meteorologist, right? That's, I mean, you picked Valparaiso because they have a meteorology, uh, know department right yeah and uh, a really good reputation <laughs> so what uh so tell us what your future plans are how are you going to study meteorology and turn it into a career what uh, what are you predicting what do you think might happen well i'm hopefully going to go into broadcasting that's like plan a to just be at valpo for four years get a bachelor's degree in meteorology and then hopefully do broadcasting somewhere close to home but since broadcasting isn't like, it's kind of difficult to go exactly where you want to go with broadcasting. You kind of just end up wherever you're going to end up. So hopefully it'll be somewhat close to home. That'd be amazing if it was in West Michigan. Cause I mean, I live there and I just love the weather in West Michigan. That's kind of why meteorology was a passion of mine. And then, yeah, so probably broadcasting, but if that changes, then another plan would be to work at the National Weather Service, but that usually requires a little bit more education. So if I have to do that, I wouldn't mind it because I thought working in the National Weather Service would be pretty cool too. So broadcasting are people who like right, work for local TV channels and are doing the, the local weather reports and they're on camera. Uh, and is there a team of meteorologists that work for the weather station that do not appear on camera or pretty much the team is also on camera. Yeah, the most of the time, I'm pretty sure like every news station almost, the meteorologists on TV are the ones that are also like doing everything else. Gotcha. And then, uh, and then if you work for the National Weather Service, I picture these guys more in an office that are looking deeper into details with major storms, right? They're, they're the tornado warnings and, uh, you know, hurricane warnings and stuff like that. And so they, uh, they don't appear on TV as often, right? Yeah, they, they're like the behind the scenes, like you said, they issue the warnings and everything and do uh, commercial stuff with airplanes and aviation weather. And they're like the head of the weather department basically across the country. Nice. And so back to your career thing. So I think when you're in broadcasting, right, whether you're at a desk or a sports guy or a weather person, right, you uh, you kind of climb the ladder, right? Like you start in a city with a smaller market and you can kind of, uh, you know, get bumped up to bigger cities. And maybe that means bigger salaries and more responsibilities and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, people move from city to city all the time in that. So um, I'm trying to think. Uh, um, I, I, I think I remember, right? There's a West Michigan meteorologist, right? Ginger Z, like you're a fan of Ginger Z. And, and I know I've watched her move down the career. So uh, did she start someplace or was Grand Rapids her first, uh, her first TV gig? Uh, I read her book and I think she started somewhere near Flint. I could be wrong, but she did start there. And then she went to Wood TVA and then Chicago and then ended up in New York. So yeah, she 
definitely worked her way up. Yeah, and she did rather quickly, right? Like that was a yeah. quick climb. So uh, yeah. good. And I think you've met her, right? Have you met? Yeah, two times. She's what really are, nice. Really nice. Who are some other meteorologists that you've met that we maybe have heard of? George Lessons, the chief meteorologist of WZZM, and then Laura Hartman, who's one of the other meteorologists there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's it. Okay. So now I remember one special time. I don't remember if you were a freshman or a sophomore, but you were playing soccer and I was coaching soccer and you got this special weather kind of opportunity. And I remember you like asking the coaching staff, like, Hey, is it okay if I'm late to practice one day? And we're like, well, what's going on? And you explained it. And we're like, of course you could miss practice today. That's a really special thing. So <laughs> tell, tell, uh, tell the listeners what I'm referring to. I'm sure you know the story, right? Yeah, prob I think you're talking about the August 20th, 2016 tornadoes, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, I am not talking about tornadoes. I'm talking about when you had a meteorologist at your property. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. The weather on my deck thing. Yeah, so George Lessons, he came to my house to do the weather. Like, they, WZZM held a contest kind of where they I think it was seven or eight people they went to their houses throughout the summer the eight people and I was the very last one so in late August George Lessons came to my house and he did the weather off of my deck and all my family came and friends and it was just a really fun experience and I talked with them on live television which was pretty scary kind of since I was, I don't know, what was I, 16, I think? Yeah, 16. So it was it was interesting, but I had a blast, and it was really fun. And we had cake afterwards. <laughs> yeah, so WZZM, right, they had a thing, was it like a – like weather from your deck or backyard forecast or whatever, you know, creative thing they came with. And they went to people around West Michigan, instead of doing weather from the studio, they did it from people's homes. And you were one of the ones that was selected. And I imagine your passion for weather helped you get selected, right? Yeah, it was really cool. And since the job, I did the job shadow with George before that, we kind of had somewhat of a connection a little bit. So yeah, that selection of during the summer of 2017 I believe that was really cool having him come to my house and actually doing the weather from that well if you guys uh, are not don't know Colton Woods weather forecast and you live someplace in West Michigan you can check out the Facebook page I think it's pretty easy to find and you got a lot of followers and uh, and you can see that this is no joke Colton puts together some really quality forecasting uh, really benefits the community like you know on the spot warnings about tornadoes or you know commutes with snowstorms and uh, it is really special to have uh, such a young person making such a tremendous impacts. But I think my favorite part of the story is that you did one of the most impressive things is that we uh, have a class at Fruitport High School called Meteorology. It's an elective in the science department. And you were the one who spurred the creation of this class. Like you helped, I think, create the class and create the content and create the curriculum. Uh, Mr. Stebbleton also has a passion for weather and he's the teacher. But can you tell us how that all happened and what that was like? How much work did you, were, you know, were you part of with that? Because uh, I think it's a, it's a great part of the story. Yeah, that definitely is one of my favorite parts of my journey so far. And 
I think the summer between 10th and 11th grade, Mr. Stubbleton and I, we, we both knew we both liked weather a lot. He's passionate about me meteorology as well. And then we were like, why not try and make a elective class for meteorology here at the high school? That'd be really cool. So over the summer, we visited each other and we put together a curriculum. We both helped out each other and planned some things. It took like several months of planning and putting together. And then January of my junior year, we went to the school board in front of like the superintendent and everyone on the school board and some teachers as well. And we presented the meteorology idea. And then a month later, it was passed by everybody. And the class started of my senior year in fall of 2020 and still going to this day. So that's pretty cool. So, so you're a student in the class that you created, which is kind of funny to think <laughs> yeah. about. Were, uh, did, you, did you help with the teaching at all? Or was it mostly you, were, you put on the role of student the whole time? Uh, in the fall class, I was a student mostly, pretty much. And then I asked if I could take it again in the spring year or the spring semester and they allowed me to. And then during the spring semester of 2020, we, I was more of like a teacher aide. So I stepped taught and then I went around to help people when they were confused on like doing the forecast and stuff. So I helped them. So I was more of like a teacher aide during the second semester. Great. Well, I'm glad that whatever administrators allowed for that, that sounds like the perfect thing that you should have been doing. So uh, wonderful. What uh, is there anything else that I should be asking about or you want to say about meteorology and your, your you know, your career, or your love for it? Uh, I think I think that's it. So what uh, uh, what kind of. What's your schooling like? Like, what does a meteorologist take in college? If someone wanted to become a meteorologist, what courses are they going to take in college? Uh, basically, it's the same as an engineering major, mostly. So you take a lot of math, you take every calculus class, and you take physics, and then just the meteorology classes in general with electives as well. And one of the reasons why I went to Valpo is because their meteorology electives are really fun. Like there's a lake effect snow class that I can take. So us in Western Michigan, we definitely know all about that. So yeah, it's a lot of math and physics and then just meteorology in general. Okay. Okay. So, and then there's just meteorology electives like lake effect snow or what, what is it? Hurricanes? Is that a class? Yeah, tropical storm, tropical, tropical storm. weather. There's aviation. So yeah, there's, there's tons of electives out there. Well, it sounds fun. Well, I, uh, yes, I enjoy knowing the weather too. And uh, how about this phenomenon? Like, like, I think this is annoying and I imagine it might be for you. Like if, like the, like the overused joke that a meteorologist is like wrong, like they're oh, just yeah. guessing and they're wrong. They said it was going to rain and it didn't rain. Meteorologists are wrong all the time. And my instinct, take on that is that is completely bonkers like yes if they're predicting rain 10 days out or eight days out there's a lot of variables that can change but I think meteorologists like within one or two days out are remarkably accurate and it's almost like a magician how good they are at doing that and, <laughs> 
do you know how meteorologists feel? I mean, you're a meteorology student. You're not, you know, a professional yet, uh, I guess. But uh, what, what's the, what's your take on that? Like, you know what I'm talking about, dude, about that little phenomenon where people tease meteorologists, yeah. which is way off base. Yeah, like the saying of, I wish I could have a job that I can get paid with being wrong all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of annoying, but it never ends. So you just kind of have to get used to it for the most part. And yeah, meteorology is just, it's not an, an exact science like a lot of the other sciences are. You're forecasting the future, so things change and they will change. So you just kind of have to get used to that. But yeah, for the most part, it's pretty accurate, like three days out and then five days out. It's pretty, for the most part, pretty accurate. And then once you get past five days, things kind of get a little iffy, but yeah. Yeah. The longer out, the less reliable, of course. Yep. Well, good. Well, uh, Cole, I, uh, man, I, I'm really glad that we had a chance to talk uh, if, uh, and do this. Uh, the last um, question we ask always in the Share Chair podcast is what advice do you have for anybody that's listening? So it could be anything. So what uh, do you have any advice to share? Yeah, my thing would probably be to always follow your dreams and to stick to your passion, but also be open for changes. Just like for me, I've been sticking to my passion the past like four to five years, and I haven't really changed course, but I'm also open for things to change. Like I want to go into broadcasting, but if things fall through, I'm not going to be against it and just look for a new path within meteorology since I'm most likely going to stay on meteorology but if things change in the course then I'm not going to be against it and just stick to your passion and follow your dreams and yeah that sounds like great advice thanks a lot for being part of this share chair podcast thank you thanks for having me thanks for listening to this week's episode of the share chair podcast stay tuned for next week's episode